Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Belvedere. Produced in one of the world's longest-running distilleries, Belvedere Vodka is the world's finest all-natural vodka. Part of a 600-year Polish vodka-making tradition, Belvedere is made with non-GMO Polish rye, pure water, and no additives. Recognized for quality, Belvedere was named the ISC World Vodka Producer of the Year in 2015, 2016, and 2017. Enjoy a delicious cocktail with Belvedere Vodka today, and remember to always drink responsibly. Welcome to the Ringer NBA show. This is The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Tuesday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, a.k.a. Kevin O'Conflict, a.k.a. Kevin O'Concert, a.k.a. Kevin O'Climber, a.k.a. Kevin O'Candyland. Kevin! Going to a concert this week, Chris. Post-NBA trade deadline. Going to see Muse. I'm excited oh, for Oh, you that. got your tickets. Yeah, I saw that you I'm were... so fired up. You were ready to get tickets to Muse. And so you uh, you were able to get through on uh, whatever it was to get back. Yeah, you know they have this new system where it's like you get in a virtual line, and I was like the one hundred twentieth person for like a five thousand capacity place. I was like, I'm in, I got it. Uh, so I was I was fired up. <laughs> there you go. So wait, well, I cannot wait to see all of your Instagram stories. I don't know. If, the, I don't know if I'll be doing many from the madness, the pit during that. Oh, are you a, are you a, uh, you're a get in the pit guy and, well, for, and try to love someone. You know, <laughs> well, for Muse, it, it's part of the experience, I think. Uh, last time I went, though, at a small venue for Muse, my back hurt at the end, though. <laughs> so I might play it safe this time. We'll see. <laughs> I got caught in a pit one time in my life. I'd gone to a concert in Memphis and 3-6 Mafia was a big thing at the time. And... I'm at this concert. It's like an outdoor festival. And like all of a sudden, I hear these like speakers coming over. It's like, and I'm like looking around like, oh, my goodness. Like the beat's about to drop. And I don't know their songs at the time. And they have a song (laughs) called Hit a MF. Okay. And it's like, I bet you won't hit them. Right? Like that. (laughs) Everybody just starts like swinging their fist. In the mosh pit, I'm like, I gotta get out of here. My girlfriend got popped in the head. Oh my goodness! I was like, I was like, this is chaos. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get out of this. And, and, you know, hey, because the next, imagine this. So there's people just swinging their fists everywhere. The next line of the song is, I bet you won't push them up. And so as I'm trying to get out, everybody's just pushing each other. Oh, it was that's, that's my one and only experience in a pit, and it was a catastrophe. It reminds me of the time me and my friend saw Art Future Wolfgang for the third time. The first first two times we were like up in an upper section and we could like watch all the madness unfolding down low all this crowd surfers and people pushing and everything and the third time we're like hey let's go to the front of the stage because it was at a Uh venue where if you eat at the restaurant before you get to quote unquote pass the line so we got to the front have you ever heard the band the internet chris no so the internet is kind of a chill you know jazzy vibes band and they opened and we're up against the railing, and there's, like, pushing behind us for the internet, which is normally, like, a chill group. And we're like, uh-oh, this is going to be rough for Odd Future. And boy, 
it was rough, man. Like <laughs> within 10 seconds of the first song, we're like, abort, abort, abort. All right. Kevin Omosh Pit it is. Kevin Omosh Pit. We got out All of right. there. Uh, We need to talk about Anthony Davis because this thing has become the NBA's great drama. And there has been a ton of reporting on a Lakers deal and yet not all that much from everything else. So let's go through this one by one. We had the Boston thing that was out there. Then you have the weird text message by his dad saying (laughs) basically the way they did Isaiah Thomas you know, I'm not down with that. That shows no loyalty. And so he'll never sign long-term there. Okay. Let's accept that that might be true. Who knows, right? I mean, I'm sure Anthony Davis is a grown man. I'm sure he can make his own decisions. That being said, that is out there. And so the Boston thing kind of gets set aside and it's like, all right, if there's not a deal by the trade deadline, maybe that's something that gets very seriously revisited. And Danny Ainge has evidently encouraged them to wait until the offseason for a possible deal from them. Now we fast forward and we've got the Lakers deal and we have him whittling down teams. So this is like the last bullet you can fire. You can fire the, I want to be traded, and then you fire the, and I want to be traded to these teams and I won't sign an extension with anybody else except for these teams. But the only focus has really been the Lakers and a deal And it has gone between these two teams are talking regularly to by yesterday. And the update as of now is Ramona Shelburne and others reporting that the Lakers are getting increasingly pessimistic about a deal. And Adrian Wojnarowski reporting that the Pelicans are asking for upwards of four first round, second round picks along with a massive package. So as it stands right now, as we are recording this, What do you make of the possibility that Anthony Davis could end up in a Lakers uniform? Well, I think everything that's unfolded over the last four or five days or so, um, including yesterday, like the four teams that he would be reportedly willing to re-sign with long-term, the Lakers, the Knicks, the Clippers, and the Bucks. The Bucks and Clippers can't give enough to make a deal happen with New Orleans, and the Knicks can't give enough right now. Um, because we don't know where their pick is going to land, and they just acquired players like Dennis Smith, so they can't package them with other players. So the Knicks, Clippers, and Bucks cannot offer enough right now. So the four teams he'd be willing to resign with, the only one that can conceivably put an offer together to make it done is the Lakers. And everything that's happened from this morning even, with Chris Haynes reporting that Anthony Davis was eager to return last night, but the Pelicans said, no, you're still rehabbing your finger injury. All of it, all of it. The Isaiah Thomas thing from his dad is meant to just create a perception that it's the Lakers or nothing ahead of Thursday's deadline. But ultimately, it comes down to what are the Lakers going to give? And Adrian Wojnarowski reported yesterday that the Pelicans are demanding four first-round draft picks and second-rounders on top of all of those young players and Solomon Hill salary dump. I think if you're the Lakers, you may want to draw the line somewhere, but you know, from the executives I've talked to and the agents I've talked to, and and just looking at the assets that could even be offered, the Lakers need to be careful here because the Celtics could top that offer this summer with a Tatum-based package with picks and young players as well. And other teams could as well. Like if Denver decided they wanted to step up or, or Team X, whoever wins the NBA draft lottery, if the Knicks do, suddenly those teams can 
not easily top the Lakers offer, but they can top the Lakers offer. Um, and for New York and Boston, they have the advantage of being in the, in the Eastern Conference. So the Lakers here, Chris, don't you think they need to be careful about, I don't want to say cheap because they're offering a lot as is, but doesn't it feel like they have to go all in? It does feel like they have to go all in and it's twofold now. Number one, you've pissed off all those players. Like, that's just the way it is, right? That's what happens and feelings get hurt when their names are out there all the time. And so you're going to have some awkwardness if it doesn't happen. You can probably get through that, no doubt. But more importantly, if you don't get Davis, now he is for the offseason. I mean, he's got another year, right, on the contract. So what are we talking about? Like, LeBron's 36 at that point. Like, this needs to happen. I would think that you've got to build, and you've got to build this quick. If you're going to be able to win a title with LeBron, which is obviously the reason you attain him, how are you going to be able to win that title with LeBron within the next couple of years? Because I don't think you can count on him being, you know, 36, the same LeBron that he is right now. I'm, I, I suppose it's possible, right? We just saw Tom Brady win another Super Bowl. And so there are sometimes freaks of nature that can play very late into careers, but I wouldn't be counting on that. I wouldn't be counting on 36 year old LeBron being the best player in the league anymore. Yeah, you're right. Look, I mean, we just saw with LeBron missing time with a groin injury recently. He's not invincible. He's not immortal. Time is running out on LeBron James. It's just a matter of how much time there is for him to be an elite player. So for the Lakers, I think it's about maximizing that window. And I think ultimately that's why Clutch and the Lakers should feel a lot of pressure here because looking ahead to the summer, it doesn't project favorably for the Lakers this summer with Clay likely to stay in Golden State, KD likely to stay or go to New York, uh, with Kawhi likely to stay in Toronto or go to the Clippers, Kyrie likely to stay in Boston or go to the Knicks or Nets even in, in New York. This summer does not project well for the Lakers. And then in 2020, let's say you want to wait a year. Then you're risking Anthony Davis in his new situation deciding he wants to stay long-term, whether that's Boston or Denver or, or the Clippers or whoever. It doesn't matter. You risk him wanting to stay, and then the best available free agent is Draymond Green, and there's not much after that. So for the Lakers, there is immense pressure to get a megastar with LeBron James now because the opportunity may not be there this summer in free agency, in the trade market, there will be nobody on the level of Anthony Davis available. This is a chance to pair a 25-year-old superstar, dude. A guy who's a chance to be a Hall of Famer if he keeps this up. I mean, it's tough to give everything the New Orleans Pelicans are demanding, but I think at the end of the day, if you don't do it now, you might lose him this summer. There's a very serious possibility Anthony Davis is the best player in the NBA over the course of the next five yes. years. Yeah. Right. The next so, 10 years for that matter. Yeah. Right. I yeah, mean, he's right. 25. Right. And imagine this, though. Imagine if the Lakers are just playing this and they're making sure it gets sent out that they're pessimistic. And then at the end, they just pull it and they say, fine, we'll give you whatever you want. And then when it comes to the summer, they pull the greatest ruse. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because we mentioned it that Brian Windhorse had thrown it out there a couple times. And then they go and get Kyrie in the offseason. Because he had talked about the whole Kyrie, LeBron, and Anthony Davis getting together. Yeah. And so you just give up everything because you know you're the one that's going to be able to get Kyrie in the offseason. That would be insane. 
And it would obviously be a killer for Boston. I don't see it personally. I don't see Kyrie going to the Lakers. I think it's more likely he would join with KD on the Knicks. That's a strong possibility. Just based off information I've heard over the past, you know, since the beginning of the season. I, I yeah, I'm, du- I'm dubious on the Knicks thing just because of James Dolan and ah, they that's don't overrated. Well, okay. Well, let me tell you what's overrated: the Knicks' ability to get free agents. Who have they gotten? We've been doing that. I've been covering the NBA for 15 years. You know how many times I've heard about the Knicks getting a guy in the offseason? Going back to LeBron, going back to everybody. We always talk about guys going to the Knicks. Who have they signed? An Amari Stoudemire? The, 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 I was about to say Amari. <laughs> the Phoenix let him walk away. I know, I know. All right, anybody mm-hmm. else? Listen, I had a conversation with somebody about this yesterday. I'm not sure how much the past has to do with what's, what could happen this summer. Do they have a new owner? No, they don't. I, I, I'm just oh, saying, okay. I'm not sure how much the past has to do with what will happen this summer. That's all. I think it might say something in the big picture about ownership and, and who has been hired to make these decisions underneath him, but I don't think it affects Kevin Durant's desire to play in New York if that's the decision he makes this summer. I don't think, I don't think it affects Kyrie Irving wanted to play really close to home. He's from New Jersey. Play at home, right? I don't think it affects those players' individual desires to do that. Okay, but in terms of, would you rather go sign with the Knicks or would you rather go play with LeBron James and Anthony Davis? I don't know. It depends on a lot what? of other factors. If, are you talking if I'm, if I'm Kyrie Irving? What? You're talking if I'm Kyrie Irving? Yeah, and I'm trying to win a championship. I don't know. Depends. I mean, you might want to go sign with Katie, who you've been a long time. <laughs> I, you I, might, can, you, I can you, team up with the two other best players. Let's move on to something like that's more relevant today because this is like theoretical in Because July. that is an absolute nightmare for you, for... Kyrie Irving to leave Boston and go sign on no, with the Lakers. No, I'm just I'm just saying that that like isn't really relevant to the AD discussions right now. Like I think for Kyrie leaving for the Knicks is a really strong possibility that could happen. The reason I think it is relevant is because at that moment, if you think that's a possibility, I think then if you're the Lakers, you give up everything you can. Oh, like I, what does it matter? I think if you're the Lakers, you give it all up anyway. <laughs> really? No matter. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is this summer, there's still a strong probability that you get top this summer. And there's also the chance that even if, let's say, Kyrie leaves Boston, Celtics could still go all in for him. That would be a significant risk. But like I said, there's also other teams as well. The Knicks, the Nuggets. Who knows? I mean, obviously, if you're Dell Demps, you've got all the power here. You just do. Because you you can say, all right, fine. If you don't want to give that up, then... We just won't trade him, right? Life is leverage, and he's got all the leverage in the world. He has the asset. And so he can go and he can ask for everything. And at some point, when you were saying that the Lakers have to draw the line, and when we're no, talking I, about I, I everything. I didn't say that. I said you might want them to draw the line somewhere. I don't think they should draw the line. You uh, don't? You would give up every young asset you've got and four first-round picks. Yeah, because you're going to lose them in all likelihood this summer. Otherwise. And I'm talking about Ingram, Kuzma, Ball, Hart, all of them. I mean, I don't think you have to give Hart. I think the deal would be Ingram, Ball, Kuzma. And four first-rounders? Then the salary filler, whoever that may be, Rondo, Stevenson, Beasley, whatever, Holy whatever. Mackerel. Yeah, but how valuable are those picks? You know what I mean? Like, the 29th pick would be, you know, maybe 18th in a really weak draft. 2021, Lakers, at that point, you would project them to be a finals contender. So that pick is in the 20s. And then 23 and 25, 
Well, we'll see. Maybe you can negotiate in like a, a light top five protection on those in the event that things go haywire by then. Maybe you can put a top five protection on those picks. Maybe that's the middle ground because you protect yourself by that point when you don't know what your team's going to look like. But the fact is, is that those 19 and 21 picks are not going to be that good. What you really lose is the flexibility in negotiating future trades because of the stipend rule and, and what you're not able to trade picks in consecutive years if you're giving up another pick. That's what you lose more than anything else. I'm not sure the 23 and 25 are, are a significant price on top of the, the really nice young players you're giving. That's like essentially the tax you have to pay to get a deal done now. And that's what you're paying to get a deal done now from New Orleans instead of them waiting for the summer when it's potentially advantageous for them to wait to see what Boston or the team that wins the number one pick can offer or what the Knicks can put out there. Right now for L.A., it could be now or never. I mean, you have, you're talking about Kuzma, who obviously had an extremely good rookie year and has been, you know, I mean, he looks like he's going to have a very long, good career. And then you've got two other guys that were drafted number two in the draft that are exceptionally young. How is that not a better haul than, I mean, what are you talking about packaging with Tatum in terms of of getting him? Because you keep saying the Tatum deal can be better. You would have to get Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart would have to be in there as well. So Smart, Tatum, and some picks? We'll see. I I mean, I don't know what else would be in there. It's hard to say. I don't think it would be Tatum and Brown. But it could be Tatum, Smart, a Robert Williams type, and then a better haul of draft picks, including that Memphis Grizzlies pick, which is top eight protected this year, top six next year, then unprotected in 2021, in addition to maybe some of their own picks as well, which would be comparably equal value to that Lakers haul of picks. It would be a better offer if if you value Tatum over Ingram, which most people across the league do. Well, I mean, but you're throwing out Lonzo who most everybody thought was going to end up being a star and very well may end up being a star. Yeah, he could. So, I mean, if we say that the distance between Tatum and Ingram is not ridiculous, and then I'm getting, you know, two other guys that I don't know if Kuzma will ever make an all-star game, and I don't know if Ball will, but certainly, you know, they got chances. We, We look at them and we look at the talent level that they have. Right now, if either of them ever made an all-star team, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing to people. And by the way, I agree with you. And that's why for New Orleans, there's also risk in waiting until the summer because how much better is Tatum than Ingram really as as a prospect? You know, Tatum right now within his situation in Boston, Jalen Brown as well, under Brad Stevens, those those circumstances, this environment may be better for their early career development than what the Lakers have had for Ingram and Lonzo. Like, how do those players look? And Alvin Gentry system. How do Tatum and Brown look in Gentry system? Those are the questions that New Orleans really needs to be asking themselves. How much of Tatum's appeal is due to his situation? Like the pre-draft conversation with Tatum was that he takes too many mid-range jumpers. So he goes to a team that really tries to zap that habit out of him. Um, he still takes a lot of them, but he's gotten a lot better at not taking them early in the clock taking more three-pointers. So how much of that is due to situation? Does he fall back into bad habits on a different team? I don't know. But these are the things that New Orleans needs to be asking because this summer, it's also possible offers get worse. And maybe instead of those four first-round draft picks on the Lakers, for whatever for whatever reason, maybe Boston drops out out of fear of AD leaving the following year. Suddenly, maybe the Lakers only have to give two first-round picks or even just one. I don't know. But there is risk for New Orleans in waiting. It's not a guarantee that they get a better deal. That's why I think that four first-round pick offer 
with everything else from the Lakers, it's really good. It's a good deal. Well, it, it just it's doesn't sound like it. It doesn't sound like that four first round deals there. Not right now, no. Right, but that's what they're wanting: the four first with seconds and on top of everything else. When the Windhorse report came out that Jabari Parker could be a Laker within the next few days with a Catavius uh, Caldwell Pope swap, what do you think? I'm not going to quit Jabari Parker. <laughs> you're not. You're still. You're still. You're still hanging on. Um, you're still hanging on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've given up a lot, but I'm not giving up entirely on Jabari. That would be intriguing. I, I would be curious if that would be contingent at all on the AD trade happening or if they would be doing that anyway, KCP for Jabari Parker. Do you think that's something that they should do? The Lakers? Which player would you rather have? That's a better question. Um, Jabari is not big. I mean, listen, you get out of the Bulls rotation, that's a tough spot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it is. You know what I mean? Like of all the rotations to get out of, getting out of the Bulls rotation is not good. But we know the last time he played over 20 minutes, he had 22 points and nine rebounds against the Nets. Yeah, Jabari Parker obviously offers more scoring upside. If that's what you're in dire need of, if you're the Lakers post-trade, then yeah, you do it. Um, but KCP's a better defender. I would do the Jabari deal. I would. Yeah. I would rather have Jabari yeah. Parker. Uh, I would too, yeah. Listen, his talent, the best version of Jabari Parker, to me, is so much better than the best oh, version of Contavious Caldwell-Pope yep. that you take a shot at that. You know what I mean? I just think you got to take a shot at that. I agree. You're getting a former number two pick who has dealt with changing coaches, two torn ACLs. Maybe for him, he'll be a late bloomer, uh, which is the inverse of what he was in high school you know, in college, but maybe he'll be a late bloomer in the NBA. You got to take that chance because of his higher upside. Well, and there's also, you know, if he gets on a team like that, there's so little pressure on you. There just is. To play with LeBron James, it's a lot of pressure, Chris. No, I'm talking about in terms of if you don't do it, on a given night, it's not headline news, right? Like, you're supposed to be the guy for the Bulls, and you were a very high draft pick for the Milwaukee Bucks. It's almost like you get to do a redemption story, right? Where the the opinion of you is so low that when you do do extremely well, you know, I I don't know. It's easier basketball, and people aren't focused on you all the time, I don't think. Unless it's game one of the NBA Finals and LeBron has 51 points and you screw it up like JR did, then everybody's focusing on you. That's an extreme circumstance, though. Like like the only time we can remember something like that happened? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to assume that Jabari Barker won't screw that up the same way that JR did. All right, Kevin, we'll get right back to it. First, a word from our sponsors. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Microsoft Surface. The new Microsoft Surface Pro 6 can help you get things done, whether you're on the field or running a business. Take Brian Arakpo and Michael Griffin, two former NFL teammates who have opened a cupcake shop. With the Surface Pro, they can do everything they need from setting schedules to creating promotions for social media and designing new flavors. Plus, it's light, super fast, and has a great battery life. Brian and Michael are proving that you can tackle all your passions with the power and speed of the new Surface Pro 6. Today's mismatch is also brought to you by Roman. With two-thirds of guys experiencing noticeable hair loss by age 35, most guys assume losing their hair is inevitable as they age. Some don't care, some shave their heads, some embrace hats. 
But what they don't know is that there's FDA-approved medications designed to stop hair loss and even regrow hair. That's why we're excited to partner with our sponsor, Roman. Roman makes it easy to get safe, FDA-approved hair loss treatment all from your phone or computer. And when you go to GetRoman.com slash RingerNBA, your online visit is free. Consult with a U.S. licensed physician through their secure online platform. No awkward conversations with receptionists or reading bad magazines in the waiting room. Once your doctor ensures that treatment will be safe and effective for you, Roman's dedicated pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping in discreet packaging. If you're noticing unwanted hair loss, starting treatment early is key and Roman can help. And today, Roman is giving the Ringer NBA show listeners a free online visit at GetRoman.com slash RingerNBA. That's GetRoman.com slash RingerNBA for a free visit to get started. Go to GetRoman.com slash RingerNBA. So we're recording this on Tuesday. By Thursday, do you think that Anthony Davis is a Laker? Your gut. I mean, my gut says yes. My mind says no. Really? Take that for what you will, Chris. I, I would say my gut says yes. I think because of the fact that I just think the Lakers have to go all in. And then it comes down to, is New Orleans going to take that deal now or are they going to risk waiting? Because it's like we talked about earlier with all the other factors. You know, Kyrie possibly leaving Boston. How would that affect their offer this summer? The Knicks having at best a 14% chance at landing the number one pick. Are other teams going to step up and make an offer that exceeds what the Lakers are offering now with the risk that AD would walk the following summer? There's risk here for New Orleans, and I feel like it hasn't been talked about enough in All general. All right, so that is, that is by far the best asset that the Knicks could give up, right? The number one, one pick, of the yeah. Yeah, let's say, they get the, let's say it comes up, roses for them, and they end up with the number one pick. I'm with you, okay? In your mind, is that, and Zion Williamson, a better asset to be able to trade than anything the Lakers, the Celtics, or these other teams are giving up? Would you rather have Zion Williamson as the major piece in a deal? And we'll just assume it's Zion Williamson. So we'll, let's just say him. Would you rather have Zion Williamson, Jason Tatum, or Brandon Ingram? I'd rather have Zion Williamson. Wow. But again, like it's kind of like you favor Tatum over Ingram, but what, what's the rest of the deal look like? Individually, I'd rather Zion. Like it would be in that exact order too Zion, Tatum, Ingram. How wow. about why you wouldn't you would rather have Tatum or Ingram over Zion? Well, I just don't know. I mean, we, this speaks to how hope springs eternal with anybody that we have not seen yet, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. This is what we do with the draft. We envision the best version of these guys. Yep. Right. And very little opportunity that they're not going to be whatever we think they're going to be. I'm with you. I see a very low possibility that Zion Williams is not one of the great players in the league. That being said, he has proven nothing as a player in the league. We haven't seen him on that level yet, and you never know the way it's going to play out. Whereas we do know that Tatum, more so than Ingram, I mean, listen, Tatum looked like the best player on the floor in big playoff series games. Yeah. Already, yeah, as had, a rookie. Had 24 points in Game 7 against Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals. We thought this guy was on his way to superstardom, wouldn't you say? I think everybody agreed. I mean, I, I don't think anything's changed. I know there's been, you know, people have soured on him a little bit because he's still putting up, you know, only slightly better numbers than last season. But 
I think for Tatum, it's funny. Like we discussed briefly earlier, it was like how did how has Boston's system helped him? Right, putting him into, into better situations. I think the other question would be how has it hurt him? Like only getting 13 shots per game, would he be a a young player already averaging 20 plus points? Would he be like a 22 points per game guy with six rebounds and three or four assists already at age 20 if he were on a team that was feeding him shots? That's the inverse of uh, what we discussed earlier. There, there could be more to his game than, we, than what we've been able to see because he's playing alongside other good players. How high are you? It feels like the last 100% no-brainer. Well, maybe Rose. Well, I guess Davis was after Rose. Might be Anthony Davis, right? Yeah, I think Zion's the best prospect since Anthony Davis in 2012. You do? Yeah. Okay, so uh, it's interesting that we're talking about that because that was a no-brainer. We knew. The entire year, like Anthony Davis is the number one pick in the draft. That's who you're tanking for. That's the guy that you want. And you view Zion on on that level now, right? Like, I mean, I mean, you look at the last ones, DeAndre Ayton, Markel Fultz. I guess Ben Simmons was generally considered to be the number one pick all year. It got into an argument there at the end of the year with Ingram. And I know I think you liked Ingram a little bit yeah. more. Yep, I did. Towns and Okafor had that argument, but most NBA guys all had Towns on their board. That started to change around December. Early to mid-December, people started putting Towns over Okafor. But the no-brainers are are like Tim Duncan, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Surefire Hall of Famers. Unless they get injured, they're going to have amazing careers and make tons of all-star teams. Yes. Yes. That's where you put Zion. You put him on that list. I mean, I think you look at his game. Just look at his game. It's not just the big dunks that you see on highlight reels, on House of Highlights and everything. It's it's everything else. It's his it's his passing ability. It's imagining him on an NBA floor with, with the amount of spacing, running high pick and roll, or being used as a screener and rumbling down the lane and throwing down dunks. He can do it all on offense. His spot-up shooting is really the only weakness. And then his defensive versatility and his intensity and his rebounding, his ability to turn defense and rebounding into offense – I think I put this in an article recently, but an executive said to me recently, he's like the perfect player for today's modern game. Um, and I would agree with that. All right. Well, let's say that as of the beginning of February of his rookie year, we would say if we redid the draft, I think 99% would say Luka should have gone number one. Would you trade Luka Doncic for Zion? Uh, no. Wow. Well, because Luka has shown... <laughs> I mean, you wow. just mentioned earlier, like with, with regards to Tatum, think about what Luca has shown. You're not going to trade that. So that's where you would draw the line. You would say no. You would trade Tatum, but you would not trade Luca for the number one pick. No, I would not trade Luca Doncic for maybe anything. Wow, even Zion, huh? Wow. Oh no, definitely not. Then you obviously believe that Luca's on that same level as those other guys, the Anthony Davis, the surefires. I mean, right? he should have been a surefire number one pick. But you didn't have him number one. I did. You did? Yeah. I thought you had Aiden. No, I had Aiden number two. Oh, that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. Uh, All right, let me, let me ask you about some of these uh, other names that are no, out well, there. Wait, wait, wait. Um, do you, yeah. do you, I'm curious about your, your opinion on this AD stuff. Like, are, or do you think a deal gets done? Like, what, what does your gut tell you? Do you think Lakers end up just giving it all and Pelicans say yes? I think if I'm in that Lakers boardroom, I'd say, what does it matter? Yes, give it all up. What does it matter? Like, that's why we sucked for so long. 
to have all these assets. I give it all up. LeBron is going to be 36 years old by the time this guy's out of a contract. Who the hell else are we going to get? It ain't going to be better than Anthony Davis. And so, yes, whatever the guy wants. I agree. And, and that that's what it, I come down to here. It's like, I feel like Lakers fans are understandably like, why do we have to give all this up? <laughs> well, I mean, I understand, but it's like, it's Anthony Davis. It's a potential Hall of Fame player, and you're pairing him with the greatest of all time, arguably the greatest of all time. I don't want to get you well, mad here's there, the thing, Chris, the, 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 Here's the problem. You're opening the a re- championship window wide open. You could win. Yes. You have a chance to win the next three plus yes, titles. This is the, and that's the, that's the <sighs> pressure. I'm trying to win with LeBron being 34, 35, 36, 37, right? That's what I've got. I can't be counting on 38-year-old LeBron to win titles yeah. as the best guy on my team. But if I got Anthony Davis, now all of a sudden I've got an extended career of this guy. They're going to be able to build a super team because in between clutch and then all, you know, all their friends around the league, people are going to want to go play with them. They'll always be in the buyout market. And so, yes, I mean, the whole point of this is to win the title. (laughs) And so I think you would regret not trading for Anthony Davis and God forbid he goes somewhere else. If you're the Lakers, I don't as an NBA fan, particularly want it to happen. But if I were in that room, I would say, what are we doing here? Yeah. Whatever they want. Like, who are you waiting for? Yeah. If we got LeBron and Anthony Davis, we'll be able to put together the rest of the roster. Yeah. Like, like who are you waiting for? Damian Lillard? Is that the guy who's going to put you over the top? Like, if he were to even become available. Like, you don't know that he would even be available. Uh, I, I just don't know who you're waiting for. John Wall? Please. And like you keep saying, he's 25, Kev. Yeah. He's 25. I mean, if anybody's worth all of your assets, it's that. It's a 25-year-old guy that might be the best player in the league. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there are are people who do think he's the best player in the league right now. When you consider Anthony Davis this year is more than just like a defensive dynamo. He's more than that. He's more than a guy who scores for you. Anthony Davis really right now is having the best season of his career as a playmaker, as a ball handler. He has become a complete star player. You know, he's averaging four assists yeah. right now. He does literally everything on the court right now. And he's only 25. He's 20, well, and 25 just, years as old. We, as we've been saying, if I'm putting myself in the position of Magic Johnson, Rob Palenka, and these guys, I can't have the long view. Like, that was the deal with getting LeBron. You don't get to have the long view. Because, you know what I mean? The long view is LeBron James being 40. So <laughs> I got to get this done now, quick. And if I don't, then like you say, then what? What am I waiting on? David Griffin, uh, former Cavaliers GM, had a really great quote related exactly to what you said. You know, like the pressures of, of getting LeBron James. You know, it's like if, if LeBron doesn't win the championship, the failure is on the front office for not putting the right pieces around him to take advantage of this transcendent all-time player. So to your point, Chris, it ultimately right now is on Lakers front office to make that happen. Yeah, and so I think you've got a lot of posturing that's going out in the media right now between the two teams, and they're both playing their hand. But in the end, I think the Pelicans have all the leverage, and if I'm the Lakers, I think, yes, I cave. I cave. I give them what they want. I try to negotiate to not have to give as much, but then when push comes to shove and they say, you know what, fine. Fine. We'll keep Anthony Davis. We'll wait until the summer. Or we got other offers on the table. If you don't want to give us what we want, then, I mean, they've got the leverage. I cave. (laughs) Because I need him. Um, 
Let's get away from the Davis situation, and I will. I do want to ask you about a bunch of other players around the league whose names have come up in trade rumors, but we've got an NBA watch of the night. Tonight, Toronto at Philly on TNT. This is a great TNT game. Get to see Toronto on national television again, which has not been commonplace over the years, but maybe more so this year. And this could be certainly an Eastern Conference semifinals preview. And there have not been a lot of rumors surrounding either of these teams, interestingly enough, Kevin. I don't know. You'd imagine they might make small tweaks, but any kind of big trade that involved the Raptors or the 76ers would surprise us. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, any big trade. So this is kind of their versions. What we see tonight, unlike a lot of teams, is probably close to the version we'll see in the playoffs. Buyout market could affect things for Philadelphia, though. It did last year, for sure. Something like Wesley Matthews. We'll see what happens. Well, it did last year. Yeah. Those were big additions for them, Bellinelli and uh, Ilyasova. That really propelled them, and those guys were a part of a lot of their great lineups. Obviously, Bellinelli got targeted during the playoffs, but during the stretch run to get their seed, very good. Um, As it stands right now, as we know, both those teams are great. Toronto's 38 and 16, and I believe the Sixers, yeah, they're 34 and 19, but the Sixers have only lost five games at home all year, 21 and five at home. So this could be a big time mega playoff matchup that we get a preview of tonight. And remember, if you want to watch every NBA game, subscribe to NBA League Pass on NBA.com, Amazon, or your local cable or satellite provider. All right, Kevin. So we uh, obviously the Davis thing has trumped everything going on in the NBA, but there are a bunch of names that have been thrown out there. You've got the Atlanta guys. So stop me when you are particularly interested in where some of these guys could go. You got the Atlanta guys, Jeremy Lin, Dwayne Dedman, Kent Bazemore, as possible. The ringers, Kent Bazemore. As possible as it could go on somewhere. <laughs> Don't uh, break up winging it. Don't do it, Atlanta. <laughs> we got the Bulls. We got uh, Robin Lopez and Jabari Parker. I'm, um, I'm still sleeping over here, Chris. <laughs> all right. Here's the interesting one. I do want you to comment on this one way or the other. Harrison Barnes has a $25 million option next year. This is what you're, you got to be considering. You're trading him now so that he cannot pick up that option and that you get something for him. Or you say, I'm fine. Like, I mean, I like Harrison Barnes being on the team and it's going to be his last year. And at worst, it's an asset next year because it's an expiring contract and, you know, he can help us and he's whatever my third best player on the team on some given nights. What do you think? You think they move Barnes? Because obviously if he picks up his option, it kills cap space a big amount. I think for Dallas, it needs to be more than just about the option. I think it depends on what you're getting back because Barnes is a good player. He's a good player. It's not like he's no, just Harrison a- Barnes is good. He shouldn't be the, your go-to guy. He probably shouldn't be your second guy. But if he's your third guy, yeah. I, I just don't know if you want to pay your third guy $25 million. I think for Barnes right now, like he's in a role where he's doing more than he should be doing. Like He should be closer to what that Golden State role was. A lot of spot-up shooting. You know, 3 and D, essentially. Right? And what the Dallas Mavericks are building towards, you would hope, 
is something where, you know, he could move into that role where his next contract won't be $25 million. It would pay what's appropriate for what you're getting back. Yeah, but it's tough. It's tough to have him and Hardaway taking up 40-something million of your cap, you know? Of course, but that's not going to last forever. But acquiring Hardaway makes him expendable, I think. Don't you? I don't want to get in the business of paying my third and fourth best players <laughs> huge contracts. I honestly don't think it really matters next year. It's possible, though, if my best player is on a friggin' rookie deal. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and the two best players, I For guess. For what it's worth, Windhorse did report that the Kings have interest in Harrison Barnes. I'm not surprised by that. I mean, they've had an interest in a handful of people. You know, I, I reported that they called about Gasol. They had an interest in Otto Porter from the Wizards, who I don't think is available. It would what be, do you mean? Otto Porter's not available? Yeah, what? seriously. Why? Beats me, man. What do you mean? He's not available. Like, they're saying no to Otto Porter deals? <laughs> What is going? Am I am I on Mars? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the intel what? that auto Porter's not available. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't I don't believe uh, that. That uh, cannot be true. I know <laughs> it's hard. It can't it's be hard true. To I refuse. I refuse to believe that's true. <laughs> well, I mean, what's appealing? What's appealing from the Kings? Uh, salary dump, salary le- relief, and the form of Zach Randolph, Iman Shumpert. What's the asset you're getting back? Like, what are you getting back? I like back Bogdanovich. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, Bogdanovich would be if you're getting Bogdanovich back for Harrison Barnes. That's something I would do if I'm Dallas. Oh God! And then you could just have the entire international team. Yeah, it'd be beautiful. Right? Yeah. And and Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bogdan going along mm. with Luca and Porzingis. Yeah, it should all be setting up to make a run at Giannis in 2021. I kind of like the Bogdanovich guy though. I think he's. I like him. I like him a I lot. I, I think, as, a, as a guy that's on a low contract, to yep. yeah, I like guys like that. And oh, can we take a little time out and I can give a massive shout out to Malik Beasley. Upon confessing my love last week, he turned into like the best player in the world. <laughs> he did me a real solid because I confessed my love last Tuesday. And then on Friday night, he's just torching the Rockets for 35. And I cannot tell you how many people were tweeting me throughout the weekend about Beasley, who just exploded, honestly, like right after. I mean, I had seen him have an amazing game in Memphis where I fell in love with him, and then he really went on a tear there and has really been given an opportunity, and they've got a they got a special guy. So special shout-out to uh, Malik Beasley. But back to the whole Kings thing. Um, listen, they really want to make the playoffs. They really want to make the playoffs. And the Marcus Alt stuff that never made any sense to me. That team runs, you know, and and that's not the way you play when you've got Marcus Alt. That doesn't fit real well. Cauley Stein is like a fit for what they're doing, racing up and down the court, like Bagley and like all these other guys. Barnes would fit that. He can play like that for sure. Yeah, Barnes would be a fit. Porter would be a fit, even though Porter's not available, as as we mentioned earlier. <laughs> 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 I mean, for that matter, just to tie this back to Malik Beasley, Beasley would be a fit too, uh, but but he's not available either. All right, uh, how about Sacramento, Kevin Love? Yeah. Would anybody trade for him? I don't think so. He is the forgotten player on a rat team. <laughs> By the way, I always love your usage of rat team. You do? I enjoy that. I don't think you can trade for Kevin Love now with him out, and I don't think okay. Cleveland can get fair value. I don't think that would happen, no. All right, Thon Maker or Thon McCurr? Yep. You think he becomes a big-time player no, ever? No, 
Okay, so you wouldn't give up anything no. for him. I, I did not watch the YouTube highlights when he was in high school. Okay. You think that is the uh, extent. Those are the greatest of highlights that we will see from Thon McCurr in your mind. The previously mentioned I mean, high school mixtape. Re- read the title. Like, read the comments. It's like, next KD? Question mark, exclamation point. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Next KG? Oh, I, mean, I tell you this. It's, it's listen, hilarious. I have, been a, I have been a huge fan of YouTube mixtapes for many, many years now. <laughs> I tell you this, and it probably still exists up there. Maybe the most, you know, because you're so aware of all these now. You know, I mean, I've been aware of Zion Williamson since he was like 11 years old, it feels like. And all of these guys, like you're so aware of them early. It didn't used to be like that. And many years ago, that kid that ended up going to Baylor, and I've seen him in person in the G League now and then. I will tell you, I have never been stopped in my tracks by a high school mixtape like I was Perry Jones. Oh, yeah. Who never amounted to anything. His high school mixtape, I'm like, what is this? Because there were not guys that were seven foot tall that were crossing people over like that and all that. I mean, I was like, that that's one that I believed in. When I saw the mixtape, I'm like, okay, this is an outrage. Yeah. It's like, how's this guy falling to the back of the first round? <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't have that great of a year at Baylor. No, he you know didn't. What I'm saying? No, but still, he didn't. But still, it didn't translate. But his, if his high school mixtape still exists, it is ridiculous. And I've mentioned the one before, Bill Walker, who to this day, if you talk to NBA players, they will tell you Bill Walker would have been like a ten-time All Star if he didn't tear you know his legs up over and over again. But that in high school, he just murdered everybody. I actually had a conversation with Mike Conley's dad recently about that that their team, Bill Walker played on the same team as O.J. Mayo, and it was around that same time that Conley and Odin and that maybe the greatest AAU team, Mark Titus, shout out to Titus, Titus's team. with It was like Conley, Daquan Cook, Eric Gordon, Josh McRoberts, and Greg Odin, and they like never lost, ever. But Never lost. But O.J. and Bill Walker around that time. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Cantor, DeAndre Jordan, Wes Matthews. Do you give up anything for them, or do you just wait and see if they're bought out? Uh, I would wait for those guys to get bought out, yeah. I'm curious to see about DJ, though. DJ's situation is especially intriguing because for the Knicks, it's about KD, and DJ and KD are longtime friends. I mean, that's another guy that they could use to recruit him in addition to Perry, who they've known each other since uh, the Seattle days, and then Royal Ivy, who Kevin Durant is an assistant coach for the Knicks. They played together in Oklahoma City, and Katie's called him like one of his best friends, his favorite teammate ever. But DJ is a player who, you know, maybe over the end of the season can speak to Katie about what it's like to play in New York. You are a believer in this KD New York stuff. I mean, why would it not be? Well, if they win another title this year and, uh, Maybe he has this you know, incredible desire to be the man, but he didn't. And that's how he ended up in Golden State. Maybe he does now. Maybe he does after these years there where it's, you know, it's always going to be Steph's team. And so go somewhere and make it my team. Maybe so. That's what he's looking you don't, for. You don't latch on. You don't leave Oklahoma City and latch on with Golden State if your desire more than anything is to be the man. That is a move where His I guess des- you can change. now. Yeah, well, I have I have accomplished my goals in terms of winning championships. I am cemented as a guy that won rings, so that's out of the way. And now I can be the man and maybe restore a franchise to greatness. But once upon a time, his greatest motivation was winning. 
And that is the reason you would not is because it is not as a high percentage chance that you're going to win. Well, I mean, it depends on what else the Knicks are getting. They could suddenly become a finals contender. If you have Kevin Durant and, and let's say you add Kyrie, if you have KD and Kyrie and you sign, you know, some veteran players to, to surround them with, uh, you have, you know, some of your younger guys are growing up a little bit. Knicks could be good soon. If they were to get those guys, they, they, they could enter that echelon uh, like with the Bucks, the Raptors, Celtics, Sixers. They could put themselves up there with those guys. Yep. That top four right now, I think Knicks, you know, especially if they take Kyrie from Boston, uh, they replace Boston in that top four. Well, maybe they get the number one pick in the draft too. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they also right. get Zion. Or may- maybe, you know, some of these guys, R.J. Barrett, maybe R.J. Barrett restores his value. People have really soured on him um, with his year at Duke. Why? He's got blinders on, man. Got blinders mm-hmm. on I, that. That has really, really hurt him. Uh, I, but the funny thing is, with, with RJ, he's still the best passing wing in the draft. Like, <laughs> like he's still a, a good passer for his position, for his size. Uh, I just think people expected him more to be like a big, big jumbo size point guard, but he's not that. Right. If you had, uh, this will be the last question I asked you. Uh, these teams are going to be drafted on Thursday night. At that point, everybody's still going to be talking about the trade deadline and whatever took place. But if you had the number one pick in an all-star draft, well, and let's say you, you can be, you can be Giannis. Okay. And, and, and I'm LeBron. Oh, did you see so the thing me and Shay did? I did. <laughs> you would take who? And this is number one pick. Yes. No, you know, well, you're LeBron. So who are you no, taking? No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm saying I'm the other captain. I'll be oh, right. Okay. All right. So I'm so I'm LeBron. I get the number one pick. I'd pick Steph Curry. You would. Yeah. Hmm. That's who they say Giannis is gonna take. They say Giannis is gonna take Curry as unless, a kind of a solid for him taking him first last year. Unless LeBron takes him first. <laughs> LeBron, <laughs> now that he Le- LeBron gets the first pick. LeBron's taking Anthony Davis. No, he can't take AD. He can't. Oh, he can't? AD AD is a reserve, so Giannis gets the first pick. This is like serious business here. I know these rules. Oh, I didn't realize. (laughs) I didn't didn't realize. I didn't realize it was such serious business. Yeah, no. So so Giannis gets first dibs at AD in the second round. (laughs) I kind of wish they were doing it on a night that wasn't right after the trade deadline. I don't understand that, man. I know. Why deadline night? Yeah. Well... Here's the thing. About two weeks ago, everybody was saying that the trade deadline was going to be mad. There wasn't going to be. I think it's going to be wild from now until Thursday. I really do, Kev. I think there's going to be a ton of movement. And I didn't think so a week or do two ago. Do you think Conley gets moved? You know. Oh, that's one team we didn't discuss. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> Probably the second the, most interesting team during the I deadline. I still think us all does. <laughs> I still think us all does. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to be very weird. Because last week there was a game here, and after the game, Marcus all did this like whole retrospective. We've had a lot of great times here, had a great run, you know, as I was driving to work, you know, it did feel kind of weird. I gotta be honest, that you know, this could be the last time that I'm driving to the arena again. And this cause they were going on a road trip, right? And now, like, what, like he's back tonight. So what are you gonna do that all over? Like he already said his goodbyes. So whereas Conley wasn't saying his goodbyes. And the team that always comes up with Conley is Utah. And I guess if there was like a third team involved, but like, I don't, I don't see them having the goods. I I mean, it's what, like you're talking about favors and Rubio and a late first round pick. I mean, that's not, that's not the kind of return. So I almost don't think the return 
is going to be there for Conley. And he's got a couple more years on his contract anyway. And I think he'll be fine if the trade deadline passes and he's back on the team. Whereas with Mark, it will be so intensely awkward. It already is that I think, I think Gasol will be on a different team. I would be very surprised if Gasol's not on a different team. Conley, I'm still kind of, I think the deal would have to be great for them to move him. Like that, you would look at that deal and you would go, all right, that's, you know, if you can get that for him, you got to do it. A sure thing. Not going, yeah, I don't know, man. Like the best asset you got is some expirings and a 23rd pick in the draft. Like I don't, so I don't know. I think Marcus Hall's on a different team. I do not think Mike Conley is. I'll stick with that. You heard anything? From what I heard most recently, there's been less real interest in Gasol than Memphis was perhaps anticipating. And, you know, I reported before Detroit was interested in Sacramento as well. I heard something about Toronto maybe made a call as well, but I'm not sure there's anything that's been acceptable for Memphis. Yeah, I, I, Toronto and Charlotte are like the ones. Yeah. They're like they have long been rumored as teams that liked him. You know, I would consider like a Biombo, and if I could get one of the, I mean, I covet Miles Bridges. Andy's best friends yeah, with Jaren. You're, you're not getting him for Marcus Hall. I know. Maybe two years ago. Could, I know. When we first, <laughs> first I don't know. You, yeah, you never know. You never know what a desperate team's going to do, mm. right? That, and that's what they have to count on. They have to count on somebody that's saying, we either want to win a title or we got to get to the playoffs. How about this? Let's say the Pelicans thing ain't going to happen. I guarantee you the Lakers will take a run. And then you'd have the whole pow thing all over now, again. We talked about this last week, though. He would have to decline the player option. You're not going to take up your cap space this summer. If you're not getting Davis? Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna take Marcus Soul when he could accept his player option this summer. He would need to decline that like today. Mm. And, and accept becoming a free agent this summer because you're not gonna lose your cap space for Marcus Soul. Yeah, maybe not. I think that they uh yeah, you, know, you got to find somebody desperate. I, I I could totally see them trading Marcus All and me go and everybody saying that return is not good enough. I could see that happening. I do not think that that could happen with Conley, but I totally think that there could be a Gasol deal that will underwhelm people that gets done. I think the last scene has been written, and so now it's just find a place. Is there any chance that both of them stay? You think? Oh sure. Would it be weird if they both stay? It's already weird, Kevin. Mm-hmm. It's been weird for three weeks. It's been weird. By the way, both have played out of their minds. I don't know why the hell they didn't put them on the trade block at the beginning of the season. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you should have seen you should have seen them. Like I know they're playing the Knicks on Sunday, but that's like a friggin' noon game on Super Bowl Sunday. They combined for like fifty something. I mean, they they've both been. If you go look since their names came out. In trade talks, both of them have been killing it. Killing it. And it's like, geez, maybe you wouldn't have lost 19 to 22. You could have been killing it before their names were on the trade block. But uh, yeah, I think Mark will be somewhere. And I'm, I'm very less confident that Mike will be. I think they'll have at least five new players by Friday. Garrett Temple will be gone probably. Michael Green will probably be gone. Shelvin Mack. There'll be a bunch of them that are all gone. That's what happens with bad teams. But I cannot wait because the next 72 hours are going to be insanity. Absolute insanity. I hope it's fun. I hope it's not yeah. a letdown. I want some fun, yeah. Chris. I don't think it will be. 
Kevin, it is always a pleasure. Thanks to uh, everybody for listening to The Mismatch again. Go give us a rating and review. Five stars, five stars on iTunes. It helps a lot. And uh, Kevin, I will talk to you next week. Enjoy the trade deadline. Peace out, Chris. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.